Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and this much beer will turn us into dull objects. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And Jesus. This week, we are reading Jillian Flynn's Sharp Objects. And starting with this beer, it's called Gimme Gimme Pineapple Mango from Killsborough Brewing Company. It's a dessert sour with lactose and vanilla bean. Where's Killsborough again? It all it sounds delicious, except then you said sour. And I, I like, know. Oh, no. Like if you say it fast, you might ignore it. Hearing that, I was like, if you drink it fast, you might not notice. Oh, no, it's there. It is there. Actually, I think the second sip, flavor, second sip rule applies to this, which is a patented Drunk Eyes book club idea. You got to drink at least two sips of a sour before you can really taste it. Yeah. I like it. It's actually way better than I thought yeah. it would be. I don't think I'd want a lot of it, but a little bit, yeah, that's nice. I, I get the pineapple, for sure. I'm getting some, some vanilla off of this, I think, actually. It's interesting. I'm getting, I'm getting more pineapple. Definitely a little bit of vanilla, but this is a pineapple juice. I take it. So I brought this one, Gimme Gimme, because the majority of the female characters in this book, especially the sister and the mother of the main character, Camille Preaker? Camille Preaker? Camille Preaker. Are extremely needy and demanding characters in the book. Like they demand... From everybody they meet, they demand and take Attention. a tremendous amount. We should probably rewind a little bit. Why are we doing this book? So currently, <clears throat> HBO is uh, HBO is doing an eight-episode series of the book, you know, Sharp Objects. And we are, in fact, recording this very soon to when this is going to come out. Because there are only some of the episodes are out now. And this uh, our episode of this podcast is going to be published just the week before the final episode. I assume it's a limited series. It's not... Yeah, eight-episode They're not going to handmaids it. No. Okay. Well, I would hope not. I haven't heard anything, but I doubt it. I don't really know how they could continue it if they stay fa- remotely yeah. faithful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I hadn't heard. And couldn't, couldn't possibly. Uh, and spoiler, also, there's an ending. Yeah. So, therefore, even though we almost never say this, spoiler alert, because we're going to talk about if you're only watching the show and you're and we are going to tell you at the end what happens at the end of the book. And since uh, Jillian Flynn is one of the writers of the final episode, it's probably going to stay pretty true to the book. It's a fair, fair uh, yeah. observation. Though it hasn't come out yet. We don't know either. I can't imagine they're going to... I haven't watched the show. I know Nate, you watched some of it. I'm sure it's pretty faithful. Yeah, definitely. I can't imagine how they would change the ending without also changing a lot of what passed before, you know? They'd have to make dramatic changes to the rest of it. So, the book takes place, you know, when it came out. I guess it's about 10 years ago, probably, when this book came out. Mm-hmm. And Camille Preaker is a reporter at, a, like, a fourth-tier newspaper in Chicago. Yeah. And her boss is like, hey, I got a hot scoop because it's 1939. And he says, he's like, there's a, there's a couple, two murders that look suspicious. In- well, we don't quite know that yet. We well, know a girl disappeared oh. in, the, in the town of Wind Gap, Missouri. Right. But there and was also a murder there. About a year ago, there was a girl murdered. And you happen to be from Wind Gap. By the way, Wind Gap is the technical term for the space between farts. And he <laughs> sends her down to Wind Gap. And he's like, go down to Wind Gap. Write me some stories. But he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah. He's one of the only nice people in this whole book. Spoiler. So Camille's like, oh, I hate there. It's the worst. I mean, she has right. got the dry heat. It is, it is the worst. It... Turns out it is, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Also, this is almost like an English teachery thing. But at the very beginning, before, she's even, before Camille is even told, oh, there's this thing in Wind Gap, I need you to go down there. She's writing about the story she's currently writing about because she's the crime reporter for this fourth fourth rate uh, newspaper. And the crime and the crime story she's writing about is about neglected children. 
It's about a mother who literally, yeah, yeah. Who, who literally like abandons her children in a locked in a room so she could go smoke meth for three days. And that was the story. That's literally the first paragraph. That's right. I remember that now, yeah. So mm-hmm. I just plowed through this book and I kind of like, oh, that's interesting. This is establishing something. And I forgot all about it because it gets crazy from there. But that's actually a really good observation. It helps to have read it twice. I believe definitely that helps. You pick up on the foreshadowing. Yep. Definitely. Definitely helps. Well, it's time for Wapner. So <laughs> anyway, so Camille, <laughs> she is like, I really don't want to go and do that because I, I hate that town. It's terrible. I hate everyone there. Yeah. My whole family like, sucks I hate balls. everything. But okay, I'll go. Because I suck as a reporter. It turns out she's actually a she's shit She's not a very reporter. good reporter, yeah. She's admittedly a shitty reporter. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm lazy and crappy. And an alcoholic. And he just keeps me on because he, you know, he likes me. And you find out later why. Not what you're thinking if you haven't read the book, by the way. He's not hitting that. Not banging that out. No. So she heads down to Wind Gap. And she's like, uh, let me go figure out what's happening. But I need a place to stay. I'll stay with my mom. Well, she, he didn't give her enough budget for her to stay in a hotel every single night. So she'll have to stay with her mom, with her family. Conveniently, her mom has space. Her mom has a mansion, like an old Victorian mansion. For some, for some reason, Missouri. this town of just podunk nothing has an extraordinarily wealthy section of town. Well, because these are like the old moneyed people. This is like some straight up slavery money like embedded into the properties. Like Practically, yeah. These are old properties. Like there's, at some, What comes out of the book... They're so old, there's no air conditioning in the homes. Like, there's no central air conditioning, and people don't know what a ductless air conditioner is, which is not a very fancy thing. But they don't do that, and they don't want to disrupt the, you know, aesthetic of their house with a window unit. The mom, who is very proper, thinks that window units are very tacky. Yeah, so they just sweat their fucking balls off in Missouri. Sounds like a nightmare. Which must be And the town definitely turned out to be a nightmare. Yeah, Mm. everything about it sucks. And then it's hot, too. And it's hot, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Camille's like, all right, well, I'm hanging out here with my mom, and uh, I'm going to see what's happening. We should have another beer. Let's have this one. So the reason why Camille's mom is able to afford this big mansion is because she's the heir, I guess, to this hog yeah. fortune. To basically, she is the owner, because her father started, her grandfather started, basically an industrial pig farm, like an industrial, like... Uh, slaughterhouse. Yeah, industrial slaughterhouse pig farm, where they raise them the... Later in the book, when, when one of the characters goes to it, you see how the pigs are literally like, the sows are just literally like strapped down and they just have to just feed like piglet after piglet after piglet and they're like so miserable. And then finally, when they're too old to do that, they're just taken out and killed and sold for the meat. And they're just so miserable. It's a, it's a lovely Which is what thing. real industrial pig farming is. They didn't make that up. Anyway, this is called Black Hog. <laughs> well, Black Hog is the brewing is company. Is the brewing company, Black Hog Brewing Company. And the name of the beer is... Granola Brown Ale. And on the front is totally a, like, tippy hitchhiker dude. With a, with a psychedelic fanny pack. Anyway, it, the, there is some speculation in the book from, say, the police chief that the person doing the murders is some hippie drifter. So, well, he doesn't call him a hippie, but, you know, he would have. It's like, no one in this town could kill these little girls. It must be a, an outsider. Must be. He did it with them jazz cigarettes. <laughs> Goddamn jazz cigarettes poisoned this child. So uh, Camille goes back to live with her mom, who is awful. What about the beer? Oh, yeah, the beer. It tastes like uh, every brown ale I've ever had. Yeah. Is it a brown? I thought it was a... It's granola brown ale. Okay. I remembered a while back when I ta- was talking about I used to have a brown ale all the time. I couldn't remember what it was. It was Newcastle. Oh, that's a standard oh. thing. Yeah, that all brown ales kind of taste like that. Well, brown ale is like a, a, the, the wussy man's porter. You know, it's like a, I can see that, yeah. 
and a porter is a wussy man stout. The way it's used today, yeah. Though technically they're interchangeable terms. I dig it. I don't really know what the granola is about. I don't get it. I missed out on it, I guess. Does it have oat something in it? Is there something written? Is there a story on the can? There's a fucking tiny-ass story. I can't read this at all. Please eat this granola. It's like white on pale green. Can you read it? Do you have eagle eyes? Oh, man. We're fucking old as shit. Yeah. Two of us couldn't read it. The no. other one had to take off well, his glasses the, to read it. The, the problem is, it's is like that on, it's on pale green, but it's black, but there's sort of like a white outline where yeah, the, they where ha- the, they have where like the a, words didn't match up with the background, so it was really hard to read. All right. Before a big pig roast, we love to go on a... Long hike. Okay, I'm not reading all this shit that slowly. Anyway. It's a beer. Something about granola. <laughs> Cheers, Tom, Jason, and Tyler. Well, well, let's pretend there's granola in it. This was the World Beer Cup 2016 Gold Award. What the hell is that? Shouldn't be called the Beer Class. Beer Fair Stein. Point. Yeah, excellent point. Gold Award. It's been a lackluster year. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's for brown ales. Oh, okay. I think that's it's how like, it tastes like a brown ale. Gold, gold medal. I, I, that is actually kind of how it works. There are very, very strict parameters for a beer at these contests. Like, it has to be between this and this qual- color, this and this alcohol, this and this bitterness. And these ingredients, if you have this other ingredient, it doesn't count. So it's very restrictive in many ways. And then people make a beer, and they're like, oh, great. And at the local level, you could have three entries for a three-metal kind of category. Because there are like 60-plus beer categories now. That's a lot. Well, they're like some of them are hyper, hyper-specialized, you know. But IPA, probably really tough to win. But if you pick, like, specialty Norwegian smoked ale, there's probably not a lot of those. Is that a real thing? There's something close to that. I, I made that up, but it's not terribly far from the truth. All right, well, this is a fine brown ale. It is. Brown ale is just one of those styles that's just kind of like, meh. Yeah, it's just kind of generic. It's actually got some, like, coffee flavors in there. They could have easily labeled this a lot of different things. If someone said, like, this is a coffee IP, black IPA, like, okay. You know, that's a thing. Or is this a black IPA even? Like, okay. You know, there's, there's a lot of terms now that are kind of very, very blurry. But it's a solid beer. So there's industrial farming, and that's what affords, uh, what's the mom's name? Adora? Adora. Mm-hmm. Which is Camille's mother's. appropriate, I suppose, in some sense. Because people just adora. Her. her. Adora. <laughs> they adore her. <laughs> and she is rich as shit, and she lives in the mansion with her, like, little, who is that little man on uh, Will and Grace? Jack. No, not Jack, like the little old man who like was uh, oh, yeah. a friend of uh, the, what's yeah. his name? I don't know what the fuck his Megan, name is, but yeah. whatever. Like he's that, he's like a little southern man. Impish fellow. Who just dresses perfectly, like he's wearing like a three-piece suit to breakfast. He wears Oxfords. Everything is, he's Oxfords. And he looks fucking prim and proper all the goddamn time. Except when he's sucking sardines into his mouth whole from a little plate. Yeah. He's They're reading a book shit. called... Horses. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's fucking weird. Well, when we finish this chapter, it's getting really good. <laughs> They're just on the, the front part of the horse. He's the most fucking blasé motherfucker in the history of literature. Because he's uh, kind of supposed to be, and he was also just totally clueless as to all the yes. crazy, terrible, yes, shamefully unaware in his own family. I'm living in a pretty cushy well, house. horse book. Takes a lot of focus. <laughs> you would say it was his uh, main interest. I would say that, yeah. <laughs> Nay. <laughs> so, uh, Camille, I want to saddle that... him with other responsibilities. <laughs> uh, so, okay, a nightmare. When Camille first arrives in Wind Gap, she she does she can't even go see her family first. She stops by the the by the police. Uh, They're searching, aren't they? 
Uh, no, yeah, not quite. Well, they, people yeah. are, are out searching, but she goes to talk to the police chief, and he's like, oh, God, they found out about this up in, up in Chicago? Fuck. No I'm comment. the worst cop ever. <clears throat> I have no comment. Don't talk to me. It's like, oh, okay, fine. So she goes out and sees that people are searching. She talks to, runs into one, somebody that she knew from high school, and they're like, oh, my God, yeah, you're here. Because she's like 30, yeah. about. Yeah. Around 30. So it's not been terribly long since she left. No. But she's been gone time. for like eight years, they said. Something, something like that. And, and she meets the police. No, she doesn't meet the police detective. Yet. Not, not no, yet. She no, sees no, him that's a little bit later. Anything. But literally, they're searching. And, and within minutes, they discover the body of the second girl, the girl that was missing. No, they know. That's, that's a little bit later. They find her behind later. between the buildings. That's so. way later. That's like okay, a quarter of the book. They don't they find, find, don't find shit. It's like, oh, no, okay. but it's not a quarter of the book. It's actually technically the next day, I think is when it is. Um, it's, it's soon, it's soon two, after. Um, but a, a, bunch, days, of, a yeah. bunch of stuff does happen in the book. But in terms of pages, it's not a quarter through, and she finds, and she happens to be there. But yeah. So she goes around, and she's like, oh, what's happening? No one wants to tell her anything. No one wants, no one wants to give her a comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a reporter, and therefore the devil. I mean, and I'm a big talking. city person. Yeah. Up in Chicago, we don't want your f- types around here, and I don't think we have a beer for that. So let's keep going. But <laughs> She ends up going back to live with her mom. She's like, hey, mom, mama, I'm going to stay here now. And the mom's like, oh, I guess we'll, we'll persevere. We'll deal with that mm-hmm. in our well, what fucking she sa- mansion. She says, like, oh, well, the house isn't put together enough for company or something stupid but, but like it that. Has like a, she had a full-time maid slave. Yeah, and, and everything said, looks perfect. Yeah, like said, the entire, it's fucking impeccable. The entire house looks like perfect, perfectly neat all the time. But of course, the mom still says, "Oh no, it's so messy." I think, yeah. every, I think every mother says that. I was going to ask, did your mom ever say that? hundred percent. Like we got to we got to clean up. People are coming like it's everything's fine. What are, you, what are you talking about? Oh, I remember being put to fucking chattel labor as a child, and they're like, "No, no, you're going to take this fucking rag and you're going to clean all these cabinets because you're tall and you can reach them." I'm like, okay, mama. And then I'd do that, and then she'd put my brother on the lower ones, <laughs> and then <laughs> we fucking do that, and then all right, you're going to go do this, and you're going to, and then it, people would we have just hauled ass like a donkey truck. We hold ass. And they're like, the house is impeccable for, you know, what we had. We didn't have a mansion, of course, but, you know, whatever. And people would come in, and, like, the first thing my mom would say, like, oh, I'm sorry, the house is such a mess. <laughs> like, well, you just fucking worked us, like, rented mules for 10 hours. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I'm nine. I understand that you're lying. I used a cute to clean grout. What the fuck are you saying? Did you? You had to do that? My mom's crazy. Wow. That's that's in depth. She's a crazy person. She's not as crazy as the mom in this book, which made me feel a little better about my childhood. <laughs> yeah, this mom's fucking nuts. I remember once my mom made me take the nail polish off her toenails, suck it at my friend door. Did she make you suck the toenail polish? No, off? she was like, I was like, can my friend come over? And then she was like, no. And I was like, come on, please. It's like summer. She's like, listen, I don't feel good. I had to take my nail polish off. I was like, okay. Do you want to help me? Okay. And she put me to work, and I had to take my mom's toenail polish off. With a f- and then my friend was fucking busy. <laughs> Fuck you, Dennis. <laughs> You're dead to me. You don't know what I had to do for this. <laughs> never spoke to him again. We're never playing PlayStation again, you dick. <laughs> this was the Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so reading this, I was like, oh man, that's reasonable. Up to a point, I was like, oh no, no, it's not anymore. It's, it's too crazy. But she had a crazy mom. Yeah. So she, as she's home, she starts to either think about and remember and talk to people about the crazy shit that happened in her childhood. And, and all of the really, really sad things about that. And they keep hinting about her yeah. younger sister. So she, Camille had a younger sister who Marianne. is, yeah, Marion, who died. And who was like sick her whole life. Died on her 13th birthday. And, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then died. And died on Camille's 13th birthday. What a precious gift. And then, um, <laughs> happy birthday. They're the only child now. I don't know, actually. <laughs> it's, 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 well, okay. And then um, she's worried about that. 
uh, because you know her her younger sister died, and so that's coming back. But Camille also has a much younger sister. This half is her half sister, though Marion was technically her half sister too. But um, oh, that's because Camille has a different father who is Camille's dad totally ghosted immediately. Maybe yeah, we should come back to that because that bothered the shit out of me. Actually. And then the, the Dora married this fucking useless schlub. Well, he's from good family, and you know, nothing like a little home style eugenics. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and that was his good family. That's and all then I think. Camille has a thirteen-year-old. Has a sister who's thirteen, who she doesn't know hardly at all because Camille's been gone. She's just like she got the fuck out of Wind Gap as soon as she was old enough, and now so really doesn't know her younger sister named Emma. Which is a weird more name. Than a, more than a tiny bit. So much so that she actually meets her and doesn't recognize yeah, her. Yeah, when she sister. first drives into town, she sees her. She just sees some basically bitchy-looking girls. And it's like, wow, they look bitchy. One they of them's suck. her sister. She didn't even know. They're rude bitches to me. I don't like them. They're, they're pretty going, terrible. They're all pretty terrible. That's, that's, how the, that's the moral of the book, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Children are evil. Bitchy girls are bitchy. Well, let's have this beer. Yeah. It has to do with what we're saying. We said the word about 117 times just now. This is called Raging Bitch. This is a Belgian-style IPA from Flying Dog. I think we had this a long time ago, but it's available pretty much most of the year. I can't remember what we did it for last time, but it's been so long that I don't even remember what it tastes like. That was a thousand beers ago, you're saying? Close to it, yeah. So right. Belgian-style IPA, it's an IPA, and it has kind of like, they probably use a funky yeast to give it that kind of, you get like a clove flavor? Is that what that is? A little, a little something. A little more pizzazz than the average IPA. A little more spicy kind of flavor in there? Yeah. Definitely different than a regular IPA. Have you really looked at the picture on this thing? It's a dog. It's fucking intense. Look at this dog. It's just nuts. Yeah. All of their, their all their art. It's like which it's is like a dog it's, it's from scary, hell. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of wild shit. Hmm. This is a stronger beer too, like eight plus percent alcohol. I think eight point three. Woo! Getting shit faced. Don't look at that anymore. <laughs> So she, uh, Camille, comes and she finds that not only has her mom continued to be a bitch, but her sister is also awful. Like Mean Girls to the extreme. It's the NC-17 Mean Girls. That's what her sister is. Yeah. And, but she's 13 and not 17. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But yet at home, she acts like, because her mother wants, uh, what's her mother's name again? Adora. Adora wants Emma to be, you know, just a perfect little angel. And so she acts like it. She acts, when she's at home, Emma will, like, wear very traditional, like, almost like 50s dresses and, and things like that. And, and act in a braid yeah. that, that go down to her butt. Perfect little princess. Very sort of, like, childish and, and, and that, kind of, that kind of thing. But then she sneaks out of the house all the time and drinks, does drugs. She becomes a does, hoe. Does who knows what. For show. Like, all the time. There was a lot of emphasis on how the 13-year-old girl has big boobs. There was. It's mentioned an uncomfortable amount of times. Like, and then she sat there naked with her little thin legs and woman breasts. Like, <laughs> oh, this is fucking weird. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> I don't fucking understand why you're saying this. Why yeah. do I need to know that she had to take little biddies at 13? Good L- for her. Lolita was less explicit. Oh, big time. Like, listen, God blessed your sister. You don't need to brag. <laughs> It's it's creepy, it but it's maybe it's supposed to be. I, I'm not really sure what the, at the end, we'll get to the end, I guess. But what was accomplished was saying that she looks, she has the body of a woman from the tits up, up to her shoulders. <laughs> she has woman's tits. Like, that was a big part of the book. Like, she has women's tits. They're heavy. Is it indicating that she's kind of an adult, even but, though she's 13? But she's not an adult, capable of she's adult doing things, all the things adults perhaps. are doing. But because because that's the legal definition. Like you're only as adult as your tits are. I'm not saying it's right. I think it is in I'm Missouri. saying in terms of like foreshadowing type of writing. 
I mean, I could be wrong, but I, that's, I, that's I, just a guess. You know what? Um, you could be right, but I think that's like some fucking terrible. Let me give a clue to the readers. Her this, tits looked like they were capable of bad things. This is Jillian Flynn's first book. She did write it in her spare time while she was working for Entertainment Weekly. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. So I guess, I, I guess what you're saying is we should be glad she didn't tell me how, oh, Emma, the stars, they're just like us. <laughs> like, like that kind of article? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just noticed that it was like more than, more than a couple times. Was, like, oh, yeah. It was a, oh, it was a bunch of times. Like, this is fucking, I, I get it. She's got big tits. I was in middle school. There was always like one girl who had boobs way younger than you need to have them. And everyone was like, well, I don't even know what to think about that right now. I kind of, I'm supposed to like those, but I, I still think girls are gross. I don't really know. But as a 31 year old man, I was like, I don't want to know about this. I don't, I don't, please just keep going. Anyway, and so... So let's keep going. Camille. Uh, thank you. And speaking of which, should we have another beer? Speaking of that... Malcolm, what are we, what's next? What happens next in the book? Uh, now, is when, now is when they have to discover the second body. Oh, all right. She's driving around the town, and she goes to the diner or something. She's going somewhere. She goes somewhere. And, and then she finds an old person in the street. And, and they're like flipping They're like, out. holy shit. Ah. They're flipping out and they go and they, she goes in just between two of the buildings is the body of the second girl. She's been smushed in there. Uh, I can't remember. There's one, Natalie, one's Anne. Yes. Yeah. Natalie, Natalie is the newly dead one, I believe. I, I, the names and another, don't matter. Hold and, on, and another, more details you probably need to know. They were both, of the girls were strangled and they had their teeth ripped out. Well, she finds that out from... The, well, she discovers the body. She discovers the body, it. yeah. Well, she's there. She, she's the, she has to go to the hardware store for something, doesn't she? I feel like she's going she's there for a, a purpose. Store. I think it's the hardware store owners, just something like that. And they're like, maybe she's she, oh, the diner? she's supposed oh, to like interview diner. people and talk about like are, are people like buying more locks and you know getting getting a feel for the getting a feel for the town. Yeah, for that's her a, articles. That's, that's like a recurring thing that the, her editor guys like go write a puff piece on how people are dealing with this since the police are not giving you anything. By the way, what beer is this we just opened? Uh, this is Peche Mortel by Brasserie Dieu du Ciel. Oh my goodness. Uh, I believe that's French for mortal peach. I don't know what they've over the picture of a little girl on it, and she's immortal, and there's a lot of dead girls in this book. So, or there's two, two dead girls in this book. Mm. So, I got that. Well, it is an imperial three. three, yeah. Oh, three. Actually, four. Because there's one at the very end. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, there are, there's a bevy of dead girls in this book. That's the, that's the number for four. A bevy is four, yeah. A bevy of bodies. Um, it. it, it it's an imperial stout brewed with coffee. It's nine point five percent. Fucking love this. I thought this was going to be sour. It's because you That's saw like the Frenchy writing on it, and you were like, "Oh, this is one hundred percent not my thing." This is all you do. Enjoy it. This is coffee. The beer, I love it. Ooh, it's very coffee. I haven't drunk coffee in almost two years now. Fucking love this. Well, now you, now I, you know. I haven't drunk coffee in almost eleven hours now. <laughs> Still love it. Yeah, I have had coffee. At some point, I don't know when it was. I think coffee is actually not a great flavor on its own. I think as an ingredient, it's a really great flavor. It kind of overpowers everything else, though. In in this kind of a thing, though, where there's lots of other strong flavors, I think it. it I don't think out. the coffee over overpowers everything. I mean, it does to me, but it's because I really hate the flavor of coffee, and it's hard to tone it, like ignore it, or find other stuff. But that's just me. It is a very. I mean, it's such a strong flavor and smell that, like, in drug dealers, like, put coffee beans around. Put coffee beans around the Coke. Coke, so, so dogs, dogs couldn't smell yeah. it. Beverly Hills Cop, too. not work? Yes, Beverly Hills Cop, yeah. Does uh, that not work? Can't dogs still smell the cocaine? Good, I don't know. It depends on how much coffee you put, probably. I don't know. I, I, I've been out of the coke smuggling business for a while now, so I don't really know how effective it is. Mm. Because everyone just locally sources everything now. You can't ship coffee. If you try to ship it in coffee grounds, they'll be like, you're a fucking monster, and they will destroy it. 
hey, ship your Coke however you want, but don't touch our coffee beans, <laughs> buddy. So, uh, yeah, they find the dead girl, Anne or Natalie, whatever the fuck her name is. I think the second one was Natalie. Yeah, I think I'll, so. I, I trust you guys. It is now. I did read it, I, I, but I don't, their names don't matter yeah, at all. Yeah, it doesn't all. matter. So Interchangeable dead girls. And they find her like shoved between the like the twelve inch space between buildings. And there, and people have already kind of like pulled her out. It sounds like she was stuck in there when she first got there. She was stuck in there because she was just her and the old people. But then people come and get her out. Right, right, right. Okay. And then uh, they're like, "Ah, fuck! Two murders. Shit! That brings our murder rate in this town up a thousand percent." It's just a tiny little place. Oh, she she talks to the the father of the first dead girl before. Before oh, yeah, finding yeah, yeah, yeah. the second, because she's girl. like, ah, this girl's definitely dead. I don't want to, you know, people to just think that, but she's definitely dead. And then she's trying to, like, you know, make this profile for her newspaper. How come, you know, what's happening here? What's what about these children? What were their lives like? What? How can we get attention to this? Because you have like a tiny, tiny town cop. It's like and, it's like a is that like two thousand people in the town, and they have a five person police department. Yeah, and the big city cop is from St. Louis, Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City, right? Kansas City, Kansas City. How big many, city boy. Big city is Kansas City. Yikes. So, you know. He's <laughs> he probably, got himself an electric scooter. He's probably dealt with a lot of meth, but I don't know what else he's going to say. And uh, Everything's up to date in Kansas City. Yeah, I feel like you're referencing something I was supposed to get. But I don't get Oklahoma. That. I am, but sorry. Oh, God. Oh, that out. Yeah. there you go. Well, actually, it turns out Camille was a girl that just couldn't say no. Also true. <laughs> what we find out later. Uh, so then, um, that beer. Yeah. yeah, why not? That one that your hand is next to. That was the closest to my hand. This chode bottle. This which one. We defined in the past. Oh, or yeah. the future. We talked a lot about chodes. A future. Definitely, we defined it in the future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> this is called Sexy Saxon. It's an imperial Berliner Weiss aged in apple brandy barrels. That is. A, I am intrigued. I am super intrigued. I, I, I picked this one because she's constantly going on about how. Fucking banging Camille looks, because Camille's a beauty. She's she's stunningly beautiful. She was one of the cool chicks in school. She was a mean bitchy girl. She was who was hot as shit. This is an absurd picture. It's really weird. I'm I want I love the idea of this. I haven't tried it yet. It's only five percent. That's imperial, like fucking Liechtenstein's an empire. I was afraid it was going to be a lot more sour than this, <clears throat> based on the smell. That's but what it's he said. Not too bad. It's <laughs> really gross. <laughs> uh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> well, this is interesting. It's it's not bad. It's it's not quite as epic as it sounds. Yeah, or that the picture makes it out to be this like weird hairy muppet with weird boobs and a suspenders and a, and a mullet of sorts and a saxophone and a saxophone with snakes coming out of it. Oh shit! Yeah. Look at that. All right. I think that, unfortunately, what ends up happening with a sour beer is you could put a million other ingredients in there. The tartness takes precedent. Yeah. And that ends up being 90% of what you taste. Yeah. When I see the word imperial, I'm instantly intrigued. And when I see barrel-aged, I'm there. This took that in a weird direction. It tastes... You know what? It is really not that tart. It tastes like apple juice. It's not too bad. Kind of. I guess it's the apple brandy barrel. But if you smell it, it has like a fucking nail polish or smell to it. Like there's something funky there. It definitely smells more like a sour thing than it is. There's something not pleasant about the smell to me. It's not, I don't like that kind of thing. If you're into sours, this is probably fantastic. What we didn't ever say yet, and what we don't find out until, you know, 
mostly through the somewhat through the book is why it's called Sharp Objects and about Camille's secrets. Yeah. I don't remember when it happens plot-wise, so it doesn't really matter. So it turns out that Camille has a history before the book takes place of cutting herself, not in a suicidal way, but in terms of carving words into her body. Yeah. And she's carved, I guess, hundreds of words. A lot of fucking words. Over every part of her body she could reach that can't be hidden by clothing. Except for a small circle in her back, which she can't reach. Right. So she's covered in words, and they're like, some of the words are interesting. They're like abuse and mother and mean and bitch and stuff like that. And other words are like random, like oven. <laughs> like, that's a word that a random yeah. oven burns on my thigh or whatever she says. She keeps referencing the words that she, and she feels where they are when they come up. Like she knows. So she's, she, she's, and she went to a, a, like a therapy kind of, uh, like she a spent some time in a sanitarium of sorts. So she's covered in these things, and she, that's the reason why her editor is so patient with her and her shittiness. Because he kind of knows of her damage. He got her in there or like visited her while she was there? She had a breakdown while she was working at the thing. And so he was there with her when she was in there. I don't know, I don't yeah. know if it's clear how they met. I don't know if it's I mean, no, no, it's not how they no. met, but he, she had the breakdown and was in there while working for the newspaper. So she, he went to go visit her and shit like that. Right. So she's covered in these carvings and she constantly wears things that cover most of her body. To she's the, like, like to the neck. down to the hands. Basically, just her hands and her neck are showing. Everything else is covered, 100%. Like, you know, it's hot out. Like, she's a fucking Amish housewife. Yes. But she has her hair. True. And she's very beautiful, unlike the Amish. They don't listen. It's cool. We could say that. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the internet, so there you go. Womp womp. <laughs> Sucks to you, uggos. Churn that in your butter churner. <laughs> <laughs> and smoke it. <laughs> so... She's covered in these carvings, and it's, it's the, it, when I was reading this, I was reading this at night. I was kind of like sleepy, like half awake. Like, I got to plow through this book. And then, like, it just came out of left field. She's like, I also cut myself. And I'm like, wait, is this the wrong book? Did I change fucking book somehow on my Kindle? This is random. I, there was it kind of came out of nowhere. There was no clue that that was happening. And I was like, okay, this is where we're going, I guess. Uh, that's what's happening now. It just was very abrupt. Yeah. And she's covered in carvings. Like a Thanksgiving turkey. I was really hoping to find Daisy Cutter beer. We had that for... Uh, oh, yeah, that's um, right. Shit, what was the it? Perks. Perks being a wallflower, yeah. yeah. Like cutting, yes, that's what I need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensitive to this. Could safety scissors for this one, too. Could it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she needed the non-safety scissors. So she's covered in these carpets. She hides it from everybody. But there's a scene pretty early on where the mom blows up her spot in front of the kid sister. Yeah. Yeah, the mom is trying to punish her. So they say, let's go dress shopping. You don't have any dresses for blah, blah, blah. And she takes the, the younger daughter to takes Emma and is like, oh, try this on. And it's just, it basically, it's a sleeveless dress. It's like a it's halter like, top. It's like a spaghetti strap or a strapless thing. Yeah. Like no yeah. strap at all. So she's going to have like a whole fuckload of words showing. Sentences. Yeah. And she's like, mom, this won't work. And she's like, just go try it on. And then she's in the changing room and, the mom, and she's like, this isn't good. I'm not going to do this. And she's like, just let's see it. Let's just see it. Her mom really sucks. Her mom, and she knows exactly. Uh, yeah. We drink raging bitch. And yeah. she knows <laughs> Exactly why it won't work. But she yeah. wants to like humiliate her. She's really terrible. Just zero redeeming anything. And the the younger sister doesn't actually at this point really know. It's, yeah. She doesn't. She may know something or nothing. She's not really seen clear. her sister when she was five. Yeah. So Camille comes out and she's like this, and like the, or the mom opens the door on her or something like that. And the little sister's like, "Holy fuck, you are also broken. <laughs> we could be yeah. friends now." Because the sister was a real dick. At first. Well, there's like, and, and kind of after also. Well, inter, but like intermittently afterwards, she's like, I don't know how to be good or something like that. She's like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to be nice. Yeah. She, she, you know, she <laughs> slips in occasional like, 
I just I'm I'm a terrible person. I know I'm I don't know how not to be. Which is very self aware for a fucking eighth grader. Yeah. But she comes out and she's covered in the tattoos and the sister's like, wait. It's not tattoos, it's I'm sorry, yeah. Scars. Carbon. Well they're kinda of, yeah, It's yeah. scars, but it but scars but words. They're like the lamest sleeves or the most badass sleeves, depending on who you ask. Yeah. And the sister realizes like, oh, we have some sort of like kinship here. There's something between us here. Like we we are both broken individuals. Probably from the same thing. Yeah. And that leads to their... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Say you no more. <laughs> Shit, another beer. Yeah. This is a, a named after something that no one in this book does. <laughs> do you, who, did you bring this? I brought it. This is from Five Borough Brewing Company. This is called Make Good Decisions, a double dry hopped double IPA. It's called uh, Make Good Decisions because no one in this book makes good decisions. Like, literally no one. I felt decision burning on my butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's a thing throughout the book where she's, Camille is narrating the book and she'll be like, you know, in a scene, somebody will say something that pisses her off or reminds her of something and she'll, I felt this word that I carved into my tit 12 years ago burning or on my elbow or on my ankle or on my thigh. Or, and she also, I guess there's a little bit of foreshadowing because she sometimes writes on her skin. She writes. Yeah. She takes with a pen. notes. Like she'll take notes on her arm, which yeah. doesn't. I mean, like she's a journal. She'd have a pad with her. It seems weird, I guess, because it's like this is the two thousands. You have a fucking device, but you know, it doesn't strike you as strange. And then only in retrospect, you're like, oh, that was a thing. That's what she was doing there. So what do you think of this beer? I think it's great. I dig it. It's really good. It's pretty nice. I can dig it. It's a cloudy. Sweet. I, I would call this a New England IPA if it didn't already. It just says double dry hop, double IPA, 8.5%. That's, that's four times IPA. It's from Brooklyn. So it's actually only one borough? Yeah, right. I don't, I, it's four favorite. boroughs too many. I think it's good. I enjoy it. I dig this. This is a really nice IPA. I mean, there's sure. such fucking infinite diversity with individual styles. It's impossible to say any one style is ruled out outright. That's fair. But like our thing tends to be, I think it ultimately boils down to, would I have more than one of these? Or just a whole one so, yeah. of these? I don't know if I could have a bunch of these, but I no. really, really like it. It's very intense. I think if I had more than two, it would lose all meaning. Because it's, well, yeah, so it's intense. Yeah, because it's 8% alcohol, so. Eight and a half. I mean, <laughs> your life would lose all meaning at that Two point. of these, please, Nate. I've had a lot of beers. <laughs> I just feel like my palate would be so fried, I would not taste the interesting things that are happening. You could eat a lot of salt. There is a lot of hops, yeah. There's a lot of... Like, There's four times the hops. That's four times the normal amount. Because one is the normal amount. <laughs> I believe that's math. Yeah, that, that he pulled a math. Well, yeah, nobody makes, nobody makes good decisions. They all make terrible, terrible decisions. We also never mentioned that the sister, Emma, while she's acting like a fucking invalid baby in front of the mom all the time, she just spends her time... Working on her dollhouse. Oh, yeah. Which, like, it has to be 100% accurate replicas, small replicas of everything in their house. Which they have this crazy mansion that's been featured in you know, design catalogs because they have an ivory floor. I can't even picture that. How many I don't know. animals it, died? It, it would just floor? look like a tile floor, I guess. I guess but so, But it's yeah. just made of ivory. That's there really must be little tiles, like with the little yeah. tiny squares. Otherwise, like they're weird shapes. They're not consistent. Slice them real thin. Sure, but like you got to... Yeah, no, I have no I fucking idea. It's not a thing I've ever heard of. I'm not sure it, it could exist in real life. I'm anyway, sure it exists somewhere. I'm that sure. ivory floor is going to be important later in the book. And the sister's like, no, I need it to be the exact walnut 
couch. I need the, the table. Wrong, the the table has the wrong little things at the bottom. I hate it. Yeah. And then she smashes it, blah, 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 because she's a little baby. I only got 37 presents this year. I had 38 <laughs> last year. She's like, uh, what is it? Dursley. Dursley. Was, yeah, was name Dudley. She's very much like that. Except there's no magic in the book. There's no magic. There's just sadness in this book. Yeah. 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 So um, Camille is like, oh, my sister sucks. I mean, she does kind of suck. Oh, totally. Yeah. Spoiler, she sucks a lot. <laughs> uh, so then um, Camille keeps trying to like investigate, and she kind of ingratiates herself with the out-of-town cop. The Kansas City detective. Because she's not the only like private she's, she's She's not a dumb, towny bitch like everyone else. And he's like, oh, you're more interesting, plus you're hot. But also the interesting thing, I promise. I'm not lonely and I'm tired of masturbating. I promise. I swear. And they hang out for like eight minutes and then it's clear they're going to bang. Eventually, yeah. And they do. Eventually. Pretty swiftly afterwards. But it turns out in her like... There are a couple days in But in her conversation with him, it's revealed that like she went through a period of... I I don't want to use the wrong term here, but like sort of like either allowing herself or just straight up being abused by the young men in her town. Well, she uh, recounted the story of of a young girl at a party party where they got gangbanged by four football players, and she did not tell him that it was her. Yeah, when she was fourteen, thirteen, thirteen, and he's like, "That's awful." Because well, he asks her, "Can you tell me about the violence in this town?" And she's like, "Well, there was this one time that happened," and he's like, "Oh my god, what happened? Did they go to the police?" And she's like, "No, they just kind of." What about their day? And he's like, that's fucking This horrific. is Missouri. That's totally normal. That's how you if find you can play, If you can play football, you can rape anyone. I found something strange. And maybe it's just because I'm reading this in 2018. This book, I don't know when this book came out. It had to be 10 years ago. 2007. The mid-aughts? Okay. Thinking, about, thinking about it with like the, the world we live in now in terms of like the treatment of women, she seems rather dismissive of women's claims. Yes, she 100% is. She even has a section in the book where she says, well, some women just, you know, just because they regret having sex later doesn't mean they were raped. She actually says that. So some people, when like, they get drunk, they make it bad decisions. It's need, their own fault. Yeah, she says that. Well, I, I would say that the idea that regretting something months or years later does not make it rape, when you're 13, however, that definitely makes it a by different older men. can of worms. Like, that's a very different thing. Like, I got drunk and made a bad decision. It's my own fault. It's like, that's probably not. Uh, yeah, like, she never, she Jesus. Ne- and that's never really rectified in the book. And, and, and at the end, I was, I was kind of like, throughout the book, expecting there to be this like, come to Jesus moment where she was like, oh, that was wrong. I, I mean, it's pretty clear throughout that she's very damaged. She's an alcoholic. She, you know, just is just numb to everything. She's been cutting herself her whole life. She's just a fucked up mess. So coming to terms with getting gang raped over the course of a week back home, I don't know. Well, I, mean, I, I understand to a very small degree, I'm willing to give her like, if she's like, no, no, I wanted that. Okay, sure. But there's like, I just don't believe, I don't, I'm skeptical of that. You know, like, yeah, no, no, I made a bad decision. That's what I did. It, it, it's, it's very strange. And, and in the climate that we're in now, that's the sort of thing where we kind of end up as a society, it seems, deferring to, like, no, 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 that was bad. Yeah. Well, it was. It was. I'm, not, I'm just trying to say. <clears throat> Don't like, forget that when Sharp Objects came out. Also, that's right around when Fifty Shades of Grey came out. Which we talked about on that episode, too. I was how, like, like, this that, is rapey. You wouldn't think that would be so popular these days. That came out that long ago? Jesus. Just about, Didn't yeah. it? Maybe Probably. a little later, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, I very well might have. I just, it seems sad. <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> horrific. It but. is. For sure. All right, another beer? Sure. Uh, we only have three more. So let's talk about that sister for a little bit. That whole crazy party? 
That was weird, man. That was a weird party. So at one point, um, Emma, who now she wants to get friendly with Camille, literally invites Camille to a party. This to is like a teenage party. This is minutes after she bangs the cop. Oh, yeah. Oh, she bangs the cop. We should back there just for a second to say that Camille has interviewed John, the brother of the most recently deceased girl. Yeah, the older who brother. Who is essentially the main suspect in the town. Because it's a small town, so mm-hmm. like, it must have been somebody from the town. And everybody thinks it's him because he cries like a little girl in public. It's like his sister got murdered and got defiled. What a whiny bitch for crying. he's weeping. And they're like, what a bitch. He must have murdered her. He's a murderer. It's, it, that's exactly what it's like. Which, I mean, I never, I can't even imagine what that must feel like. But the, to, to be like, don't cry. Be a man. Otherwise, you look guilty. is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But she interviews him, and he gives this interview, and she kind of quotes him and pulls some shit out of there. She also tries to interview his mother a couple times, and she's like, I fucking hate you. You're a harpy piece of shit, bitch. And, you know, Camille has the impression that John is innocent, that he's, you know, a uh, misunderstood, he's he's stunningly beautiful. Just reasonably sad that his sister got murdered. But it turns out that their family is from out of town. They had moved in fairly recently. Yes. And the whole town is like, he's an out-of-towner. He's not really from Wind Gap. And so they hate on this guy. And so that's, that's part of, I think, the back, backlog we didn't really talk about. So they go to the party, and it's at some douchebag fucking high school guy's party. And they have bro meth heads. Yeah, it was a weird combination of, like, douche bro and actual meth addicts. This beer, by the way, is quite delicious. What, is that, what the it's, hell is this? It's called Free Bully. And it's, it's with... Oh, God, I can't, I don't know how to say that. Motuka? Motuka plus lemon drop, India Pale Ale with sea salt, 7.2% alcohol. So I got it because the, the girls are bullies, and they just bully everyone. Mo- mostly that's Emma, the, the younger sister. But the cover of this is literally a bull. It's, it's, it's the main picture from the, from the movie Free Willy, but Sorry, it's a bull film jumping over the thing. They all, in the store, they also had another one, but it was called Weekended Bullies, and there's like a, a, a bull <laughs> being like held up by like two dudes like, you know, from, from the Bernies. I don't know why they're doing that, but anyway. I hope they have one called Bullyworth. Ooh. That would be Bullyworth? Well, yeah. Bullyworth. Yeah. Or bull, Bully It. Anyway, bully you should send, a, bullet. send yeah. an email to this company and say, oh, do you want to call Bullyworth? Let's put our name on <laughs> Dibs on that. Yeah. Please just um, give us a Raging Bully. <laughs> also good. You know what? We should, we should do their advertising for them. Oh, we can quit this goddamn rat race. <laughs> <laughs> Come with the names for three beers. I feel like um, you just, it's like, remember that thing on South Park with the manatees that made South Park? That made Family Guy. Oh, Family Guy, sorry. Yeah. And, and they just like, oh, Mr. T selling tea. To the Prophet Muhammad or whatever the fuck it was. And they're like, I can see that's a great family guy. That's how you could just have a thing like that and you can make beer names at this point. Yeah. Especially if you look at like Evil Twin, which I tend to really like Evil Twin beers. Their names are outrageous. You know, like, a little verbose. Like, Even when man le- teaches, he learns IPA. What the fuck does that mean? So, okay. Uh, at the party, in addition to doing a bunch of other things, they do ecstasy. Like Camille... Like they do this weird thing where they like there's there's one tablet of ecstasy and they have to pass it around like mouth by licking to each mouth. other's tongues. Yeah, by licking each other's tongues. It's super and it ends weird. Up on thing you your sister. Well, then her little sister like is, like mushes it onto her tongue. And like now you gotta get it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Camille, of course, is you know then it ends up doing the whole thing of ecstasy, tripping balls, and definitely tripping balls. Then they're like trying to get home and they like injure each they're other. They're tripping balls and they're rolling hard and they're going home and they are just falling constantly. And ramming into each other, and they get like concussions and bleeding everywhere, and just like what the fuck? Yeah. And then when they and then they get home and they get into bed, and they're by the time and the next morning, the mother comes in. It's like, oh, let me help you. 
here. You both got food poisoning. Yeah. Well, because that's what the that's what the girl told him. Said. Like, yeah. Oh, we ate something, and then I was like, yeah. Thank God it wasn't oh, you think pigs. it was the chicken? Ah, oh, yeah. I can. Uh. They don't come from our farm. Anyway, and so then the mother's like, let me let me heal you. Let me let me help you. And here, take this pill. What is it? Nothing. Just just take it. Just take it. Anyway, and then make she you starts. Feel better. And then Camille actually either gets like completely knocked out, and then is throwing up for like she days. just pukes balls. Definitely does not make her feel better. And then. Uh, she feels so awful, and then Camille talks to her, talks to Emma. It's like, oh, oh, is it the blue pill? She's been giving me those for years. Sometimes, you know, she just, uh, sometimes she gives me those, and I just pretend to take them. And then people come in, and like, just to see, and I pretend to be asleep. And at that point, at that point, Camille realizes she's, she's like intentionally making Emma sick. Right, the mom's like, oh, look how, look what good care I'm taking of my child. Yeah. And Emma knows it. And, and Emma does know and it, She yeah. says that creepy thing was like, sometimes when you let people do stuff to you, you're really doing it to them. Yeah, that was a disturbing line. Because it comes disturbing. out in the passage where Emma's like, I fuck a lot. I let a lot of fucking older guys fuck me, and I'm 13. Yeah. And you read that, and you're like, ugh. Yeah. Shit. It's like, but it's really me doing it to them, because I let them. I, like, yeah. I guess that's in a weird way. I don't know. But the thing is that throughout the whole book, Camille is like, my mom never loved me. My mom never cared. And at one yeah, point, the mom, mom does says, I don't love kid. you. <laughs> She said, I'm going to carve my name in that empty spot on your back, she says at yeah. one point. Her mom's really mean. I can empathize with that. And then so, at that point, Camille realizes not yeah. only is uh, the mother making uh, Emma sick on purpose, but that she did it to Marion, the, 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 the yeah. dead sister. She was always sickly. She was sickly. So then Camille, even though she's still not feeling well, goes to the hospital, gets all the records uh, from, from her younger sister, the dead one, and sees that there's a note from a nurse that says, I'm very suspicious. The girl is almost sick after she's been left alone from the mother. It's like, oh, God, that's, that's probably what happened. And then Camille goes to the police officer and says, oh, my God, it was my mom. My mother both killed my sister and killed these two little girls. And the police officer says, I know. Because the mom has been close with the dead girls. She was yeah. like their tutor. Yeah, she was there like, after, you know, after school tutoring or some other like, like, like show thing. up at lunch. Like, oh, play nice. She was their tutor, whatever she was yep. able to do. And then the, and then the uh, uh, detective says, yes, I know. That's what I thought, too. It's like, well, why did you just leave me there w- w- when you knew how dangerous it was? Like, oh, well, you know, we needed evidence. He's or like, something. please give me your toxicology report so I could see what's in your body. Because your mom might be putting it in there. Yep. In addition to what I'm putting in your body. And so they uh, send her back home. But then the police and then the mother drugs Camille again with something. But the next time Camille wakes up, the police are there searching her house. He gives her the tip off. He's like, "Yeah, tomorrow morning that shit's going down. Make sure everybody." You just, you just have to be cool for one more night, just so she doesn't know. And then she's like, "I'm gonna get fucking shit face drunk." Like, but that's every day in this book. Yeah, she just does that all the time. Sound like fun times. Uh, and then, so they literally they search the house. They find all of these, uh, like you know, tranquil horse tranquilizers and stuff like that. And weird, weird yeah. pills that just nobody even knows what they are. Like and box of fun. And dual softener, softeners. And, and, and all these things. And um, they, so they arrest the mom for the murders. And you think that's the end. And then there's another beer. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. I didn't bring this. Who brought this one? Aphrodite? I brought that one. Maybe you guys have a better reason for it than I did. There's a very good reason for it, actually. Yep. Tell me that reason, because it's better than mine. What was yours? Uh... Camille was a hot lady. <laughs> was that really? Shit, yeah, that was there's mine. A, there's, a mud, there's actually a really good connection. I didn't remember the story of Aphrodite, so yeah, I just didn't know. So, um, Emma is constantly reading these like mythology stories, and she's obsessed mm-hmm. with these mythological heroines. I don't know if she ever mentions Aphrodite. She doesn't. She does mention, mention Persephone. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. 
but she, but there's a thing like she's reading this mythological ha- nonsense and she's like oh yeah I want to be like her I want to be like this character because she wants to be special she wants yeah. to be she wants to be worshipped she wants people to pay a lot of attention to her because she she grows up in this strange world where you're rich and you have everything but you're neglected emotionally your mother is a cold heartless woman and she's making you sick for fun it's it's not her fun it's so she feels like she's doing a good job it's her version of fun I'll take that. <laughs> Anyway, what kind of beer is this? This is a stout brewed with cocoa and vanilla. Oh, iced tea wife? That's nice. Yeah. Oh, no, it's spelled differently. Cocoa. 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 This is delicious. Very nice chocolate flavors. Not too heavy. It's not bad. I think the other one was better, even though I don't really like the style in general, but I think the other one was more I think I agree. I think I like the other one better. It feels a little thin. I agree. I agree the other one is better, but that other one is like 50% stronger. Yeah, that too. This is six and a half. That one was like 10, nine and a half or something. Yeah. This is a nice beer, but it's not crazy strong. So anyway, the mother gets arrested. She's in charged with all three murders. But then that was Munchausen syndrome by proxy. The man bear pickup diseases. That's a, I just, there's like a documentary about that. This fucking girl who her mother, oh fuck, what was it called? Her mother for like 10 years made this girl sick. And they got like, like from the fucking Ronald McDonald house and like oh. make a wish and like all these fucking things. They could never find out what the fuck was wrong with her. But like, they she were, always got better. They were she... giving her all sorts of fucking money and the girl acted like she was sick. Like the mother like shaved her head to make it look like she was getting chemotherapy. And like the moment one doctor even had a whiff of like, I don't think there's anything wrong here, they fucking moved. You know, like they, I forget what it's called, but it was an interesting documentary. That girl fucking murdered her mother. Well, you know. That makes sense. They had a fucking feeding tube put into that girl through her stomach, and she didn't need it. Like there are some sick. The girl, d- the girl didn't thought she was sick. No, she knew she was. I mean, she was like a teenager. She was like, "This is what my mom's telling me to do." Oh, okay. And then she got a boy who was also like. I mean, the girl was you know not the most glamorous beauty in the world, but like this guy was like interested in getting some from that. And then they hooked up, and then he's like, "Your mom's fucking with you," and she's like, "Yes, she is." Like, Let's go kill her. She's like, "Okay." Well, it's not terribly far in real life, but it doesn't happen in this book. But I saw a thing about this. That's the only reason I know this term. But the mom, like, there was no dad in the picture. Like, the mom was, like, always been like, I'm just this poor single mother. Well, there's basically no dad sick. in this one. That's true. Alan, the fucking... The fucking horse reader. 1931 attorney at law. <laughs> who just Slurping up sardines. In his shirt sleeves. <laughs> but there's a real thing. It's like, I just learned about this last Lunch year. Houses? Like, around Christmas. Yeah. Super fucked up and weird. Like, Holy shit, that's a real thing. Really creepy. Yeah. I was shocked by it. We watched it while we yeah. decorated for Christmas. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family friendly. So festive. <laughs> so anyway, the mother is arrested for all three murders, and then so Emma has to go live with Camille in Chicago. And this is the part of the book that seemed very much like it was just tacked on at the end. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. And then while in Chicago, she goes a to a girl, fancy school. So, this, so uh, Emma is going to some like local neighborhood school, and everything seems fine, like fine enough, I guess. And then a girl turns up dead with half her teeth pulled out. Well, it's a girl that they were. She was friendly with. Oh, that it was. But fr- it yes. turns out the girl ended up being much more friendly with Camille. Yeah, and then Camille liked this girl. At a certain point, uh, Emma would not would pretend to be like busy or out. She would close her door. When the girl, I forget her name is, what her name was. Lily yeah, or Libby. Or she was only in the book for one page. She, she existed solely to get murdered. She would come over and Emma would shut her fucking door and be like, I'm not friends with her. And then this fucking high school girl would hang out with a 31-year-old woman. It's weird. Never know. And Never know. that girl turns up murdered with like six of her teeth pulled out. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I wonder who did this. Like, oh, it's the one, the one person. And yeah. so it couldn't possibly be the mother because she's back in Missouri. In, in jail. jail. 
She's in house arrest. She, she's on bail. She's in house arrest. But she, she couldn't have done it because she was definitely away. So they realize it's Emma. It was the 13-year-old who killed both of these other, like, 10-year-old girls. And she admits it right away. The moment she's caught. She's like, oh, yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. That was me. And she got her other, like, two bitchy teenage friends to like, Three. help her. Three. There's Three. that one that was always sad. She didn't Kelsey's. want to do a murdering. Yeah, mm-hmm. Two Kelsey's and the ugly one. No, one <laughs> of the Kelsey's was ugly. Jodes. Oh, Jodes. And then they would like just they would the just shit on her depression. She, she was always sad because she was really tired of murdering girls, and they'd be like, "Stop being such a bitch, Jodes." They'd make her hold. Uh, they come. Uh, no, what the fuck is her name? Emma. Emma. Emma would make those girls hold down the ten-year-old girl while she strangled them, and then she'd pull out their teeth and use their teeth for something to fucking floor out the mother's bedroom in her dollhouse, in her model dollhouse, to model the ivory floor. In that room of the dollhouse, they used also, actual human teeth. She made a rug out of one girl's hair. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah, that's one of the other things that catch her at the end. By the way, did she like cut the teeth to make into tiles? Like, how did that work? Yeah, they never went into it. Uh, didn't go into the detail of how you actually do that. You file them down. But teeth are pretty hard. I mean, pretty also, hard. if you have tools, you can do what you kind of want with that. Also, it didn't. You didn't get the impression that Emma was making any of the dollhouse herself. Yeah, because they like had to special. Well, they, order they she the had thing. the she had the furniture custom made, but the flooring she did for this one room. Yeah, and that, for a rug and a rug. She can't do tiny carpets. Doesn't make sense. It was a pretty big leap. Like, oh, and she also knows how to take a human tooth, which has like a million angles, and turn that into a square tile. You just chisel away at it. But how do you, I mean? How little is that fucking room <laughs> that you could take that into? Yeah, it's just silly. It's really silly. And you really need that many teeth. I mean, this she, was crazy. She had like 70 teeth at the end of it. Maybe her, she right? fucked yeah. up a lot of the tiles. Yeah, she might have been <laughs> shitty at it. That's fair. Also true. Plus, they were baby teeth. She's going to get those back anyway. Which it turned out were easier to take out than everybody thought. Everyone was like, oh, no, it takes a man to pull out teeth. I guess that was like, the big red herring throughout the book. They're like, it must be a man. Not only a man would t- could do that. Yeah. That's recurring throughout the book. So when I was reading this book, I was reading it thinking, what am I going to say about this? Because it felt like a very by-the-numbers Thriller. Mystery. Detective. Yeah, detective thing, yeah. And the way those work is like, all right, here's a character. A character has something wrong with them. Here are a bunch of things that look like the answer, but they're not. And then here's the real thing that you missed all along. This book didn't follow that formula, right? You read it, and to a certain point, it does. Well, Well, it had some of those things. It has some of them, but like the most important thing is the payoff. Who's the killer? That's what you're, it's the money shot. That's what you're listening I was, reading for. I was pretty bummed when it turned out to be the mother. I was like, ah, whatever. And then it turned out to be the kid. I was like, oh, that's much better. I thought both were fucking lazy. I don't, I don't know if they were lazy. I just the, like, if it had ended up being the mother, it would be lazy. I thought both were just like, yeah, sure. Those were the two people we suspected. Because it's very clear early on, Camille... They're the only other main people in the book. Camille is convinced it's not the brother of the dead girl. And she's like, I know it wasn't him. She says that like halfway through the book. And you're like, all right, I guess it's not him. She also fucks him. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. She bangs that kid. That was a bad move. He's 18. It's okay. Yeah. But then it She just... didn't make good decisions. Fair enough. She did not. But you read it, and you're like, ah, oh, it's the mom. But, like, the mom was supposed to be the not right person, you know? If it follows the formula of any other detective book, it's, you, think it's, you would think it's the mom for a little while. Then you would think it was the sister for a little while. Then you would think it's that boy for a while. And it was you might creepy be... Alan the whole time. Well, I mean, that sounds very Scooby-Doo-ish. But yeah, you'd, like, you'd kind of go through a bunch of things. And... Those meddling kids. <laughs> but that's sort they of... killed the girl. That's sort of how it works, though. Yeah. Now, this character is not a, a detective. But another thing I noticed is that it's, at least since Sherlock Holmes, a standard of these kind of books is that detectives have a serious flaw with them. Like Sherlock Holmes is an mm-hmm. opium addict. She has this alcoholism. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. And this in in snowman, what's his name? Harry Hole. <laughs> <laughs> that was his name, real name. Well, real fake name in the book. Uh, anyway, he was a raging alcoholic. Yeah. No. And this girl, the uh, Camille Preaker, she also, you know, self-harms. She cuts herself to write these words onto her body. I thought that was going to mean something, you know? Like, usually that's used to some sort of, you know. It has to tie in. It, it has to tie in with the whole thing. Yes. And, and this it, time it just kind of didn't. It was just like, here's a cool idea. What if she carves words into her body? Like, that is fucking weird as shit. Like Memento. I like it. I, I mean, not that I like that idea, but I like that as a plot device. I thought it was really interesting. But then you read it, and like, where is this going? This never actually ties back. It just kind of fizzles away. In fact, at a certain point, later on when the police raid her mom's house, she's in the bathtub, nude, and the police officer that she's fucked a couple times, or at least once, and gave a hand job. Uh, with, with her clothes on, though. Yeah. He didn't know. Well, she must have seen at least some carved butt cheek. I mean, think about how that must have worked to have sex with your, all your clothes on. She is in the bathtub, and he sees her body, and he's like, holy shit, what is that? And then that's the end of him. He never appears yeah. again. And she's like, yeah, I never saw him again. Always outlived his usefulness. It just felt like the ending was extremely rushed. I thought it actually would have been cooler. Well, more like it was cool when, I, when you know, you think it's the mother that did, did it. I, when, that, you know, killed everybody because... It's the, that makes the whole story, you know, Camille has to go back to just write this story for the newspaper and ends up solving the murder, and it was her own mother that did it. Like, having to go back home to her, to her shit little town, and it's her mother that's the murderer, and she's the one who solves it. That's kind of an interesting idea. And it sort of was the mother, because the mother, the mother killed the younger, the younger sister. She did kill that one. She did kill that one, but didn't do these other murders, which was the point of the whole book happening. Which is the whole? Which is the whole point of the book, right? It was to solve those murders. I have so that just made it stupid. After I read this, I saw on Netflix they had her second movie, her second book made movie, Dark Places, uh, and then I've seen Gone Girl, and she kind of has a shtick. I've noticed of her thing where it's like it's never who you think it is, but also that person killed someone accidentally or at the same time. And they get caught too. There's always more than one murderer. There's more than one murderer of all the murderers. And like, oh, they got them by accident, but they're not the real one. And it's like, it happens a lot of them. Um, Nate and I were talking about this earlier. We both read Gone Girl, which was a fine book. And actually... Yeah. I never read the book. Significantly better than this book, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Although, I have my own issues with that book. Sure, it's That's not a great. book, but... I would never say it's a great novel. But uh, uh, what it is, it's much better than this. You know, we're not, without going into too much detail. It was fine. It was great. And then, the very end, it just got too ridiculous to be believable. So I think that's kind of her shtick. Like she kind of like gets herself into a corner. It's like I need some wild shit to get out of this, and that's what ends up happening. And I have not seen or read Dark uh, Places or whatever. I think it was, was the worst of the three. Quite possibly, I don't it was know. all right. I mean, the movie I haven't read the book, but if it's the same story, that one suffers too much from the uh, whatever the name of that rule is, where if you, if you see a gun, you have to shoot the gun. That's uh, what's his name? The, uh, uh, Chekhov. Chekhov. Yeah. Yeah. This one was like we're hunting this crazy serial killer and oh, this guy, he does this crazy stuff and oh, I wonder if that's going to turn up later. Like, of course it does. It's like a throwaway line that we focus on for too long and then we're going to move on and I won't come back until the end. I, I wouldn't say she's the best writer. We have another beer. We do. Oh, God. I, I will say it was Wonder. a fun book to read. It's, you know, for, for these thriller detective murder stories, I just have a lower expectations. So, like, that was fine. I enjoyed that. I don't think it's great, but for what it was, you know, it was great. It was... It was probably better than The Snowman. You know what? I don't know about that, actually. There are definitely similarities with The Snowman. At least everyone um, in this book had all their nipples. Well, some people had words around their nipples. <laughs> anyway, what beer is this? This is called Pedal Pusher. 
It's a Session India Pale Ale. I got it because when people are dead, they're pushing up daisies, and daisies have petals. Irrefutable. Great. Mm-hmm. It tastes like a pale ale. It's from the Ithaca Beer Co. It's quite quite bitter. You can tell, you know what, Session session IPAs definitely have a, have a taste to them. And it's because they, what, what do they do? They just add all the hops at the end, so you get like a shitload of like that hop bitterness. No, that would be a New England thing. If you add the hops in the beginning, you get the bitterness. Oh, okay. So that must be what they do. But I think what they do is they put a, sh- so there's also like a variety of hops. So some hops, you know, one hop, one ounce of one hop is not necessarily equivalent to one ounce of a very different variety of hops. Hmm. I think they put a bittering hop that's very strong, and then they put less of the uh, hop flavoring ones, the ones that give you a nice smell, the ones that give you a nice taste. I think that's what happens because hmm. they tend to be, as, as you've identified, fairly bitter. Yeah. But they lose the hop flavor. Like, there's not a lot of like citrus or pine or pineapple or coconut or all those other hop flavors. It's just not there. It just kind of tastes like a pale beer that's extra bitter. Yep. There's, there's no ABV listed at all. Which is weird because hmm. I think it's a law. I think if you, I mean, maybe that's for states. That's probably 5 or 6%. It's not very strong. It's a session, so it's supposed to be low, yeah? Totally. I felt when I was reading this book, so I, I was telling my wife, like, oh, I think you'd like this book. Because she read Gone Girl, she really liked it. I liked Gone Girl. You know, for what it was, I would never say Gone Girl was the, uh, you know, I don't know, pick your favorite book. It's not it's not the you know, Cavalier and Clay of uh, of novels that came out in the last 10 years. But it's a fine book. It's it's enjoyable, and you get to the end, you're like, wow, that was actually kind of okay. Yeah. You could definitely nitpick, and, and the ending is weak, as Nate has hinted at. So I was telling my wife, like, this is actually pretty funny. You should read this. It's short. My wife reads a few books a year. She works, you know. She's not a, she's not a dummy, but she works all the time. She's like, I don't really want to read a book. I want to go home and watch TV. I get that, but she'll read a couple books a year, better than most people, and she would totally enjoy this. And then I got to the end of the book, and I woke her up, and I was like, Yeah, don't. I, I told you to read it. Don't read it. Don't read it. It's stupid. It, the ending is stupid. And she's like, Why are you telling me this now? Because it's, like, it's that stupid. I needed the world to know, so I made a podcast. But it's that stupid. That's how I felt. What about you guys? I mean, I, I I think I definitely liked the book most of the way through, but I did think the actual very ending was was stupid. And even though it's really only the last three pages of the book, where you find out, oh, it's Emma, she's the one who killed them, and here's how she did it. And there's no investigation of that part. Anyway, there's, well, they go back and they say it about felt like the... it was tacked on at the very mm-hmm. end, and even it kind of would have been better if it was just the mother. However, because it's the ending of the book, it changes what the whole book is about. Well, they like, so they go back and they. So like all the, the hints that it was her the whole time, it was just like where she talks about, like, I just hurt people. I wish I didn't, you know, I just do bad things. That's who I am. But it was, there's not enough to actually... It, I mean, it, it was not like, oh, well, it definitely could be her, but you know, there's a little... little well, bit she was one of the two people you thought it could have been. You were like, oh, it could be her, or it could be the mom. I never and thought it would be her. Most... I mean, it's usually not, it's not a usual kid. so mean. I mean, there's this one passage we never talked about where, uh, what's her name, a Camille and the cop are making out at the playground or something, and the bitches come out, led by Emma, and they chase adults away. Yeah, they're really mean. And, yeah. and and the adult cop totally punks out. Like, like how mean are these girls? Like, I, I know what mean girls were like when I was in middle school because they were not nice to me. But fucking hell, they would never, ever be that mean to an adult. It kind of reminded me of It, where there's a scene where Henry Bowers pushes the adult and all of his other dick friends are like, whoa, you're not, that's the line you don't cross. You be bully kids, not adults. And the adult pushes out, yeah. But I felt like that same thing here when she's like, we have to just walk away. And the, the mean girls in their tube tops and miniskirts are stepping on their heels. That's what happens in this book. Yeah. And like, that doesn't seem believable. Like, that's not, I mean, there are mean, awful children in the world. <laughs> but n- that mean, that directed, that overt, 
that struck me as kind of silly. Because, like, why wouldn't the police officer just fucking scare some sense into them? Yeah. It's like, hey, get the fuck off my shoe. I will lock you up in prison. And scare, put the fear of God into those children. They're in the deep south. So I think another thing we can talk about is, even though I haven't, I've only read Gone Girl and this one, I haven't read any of her other stuff, between both Gone Girl and this, her, one of her main themes seems to be really fucked up women. Big just time. really, just, really just psychopath or sociopath, whatever the one is. I don't know. We still haven't haven't. We still don't know. But anyway, just really just crazy evil women. And they're super damaged. In this book, the damage is much clearer because the mother and the grandmother are such evil harpies. I know that's their word, but I'm going to use it. Is that their word? So while they (laughs) are, this book seems to make the claim that, you know, the mother did all these terrible fucked up things because her mother was really cold. And like, no, I'm sorry. When you're fucked up, you can't just blame it on your mother being cold. There's, there's just way, way more to it than that. But that's it. what this book does. You have to blame it on your grandma being chilly. It reminds me, uh, reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend. We were talking about how our dads were dicks. And I thought you said he was hilarious. He is very funny. But for about uh, all my life, I have not gotten along with my dad very well. And at one point when I was in high school, I had a fist fight with my dad. And uh, I was talking to my friend about this. And he was like, yeah, that's really terrible. I had something kind of similar happen with my dad. And... And he made this kind of, it seemed astute point, but we were also drinking. But he said, um, you know, you, you, you hear about, you, you talk to your dad and he's a dick. And you realize, and you're like, man, this guy's awful. And then you find out a little bit older, his dad was fucking unbelievably bad. And then you look a little deeper and you're like, man, but that guy's dad, holy shit, was he bad. <laughs> and then you're like, man, what was the first dad like? <laughs> Adam Adam was a huge piece of shit. He was the worst, clearly, because it could only get better from there. And then you're like, well, my dad's just trying to do better than his dad did. And you're like, man, but his dad was a piece of shit. And then you, you go through that, and you're like, I guess that's true. And uh, But it doesn't make it actually better. You know, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's terrible still. I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, there <laughs> certainly is There's reason. It doesn't make it okay, but there are reasons people are fucked up. Well, it depends. I mean, there's a lot of other factors there, of course, like class and culture and stuff like that. But at a certain well, point, you're like, yeah, well, man, like, like in this, like the grandmother was the grandmother was mean and a cold bitch, but then her daughter like killed her own daughter for attention. So and, I mean, like that escalated pretty fast. And I think it's I think it's um I, I don't know if I'm imagining this, but in the book, uh, what's her name, Adora, both of her parents die quickly, and don't like, they? Don't they both year. get cancer immediately and die together? Uh, oh, because like I can't believe my daughter has a child out of wedlock. Yeah, they got they got shame cancer and, and died. I don't think that's how that works. So maybe she killed them, but it's never really explored more than that, which no. bothered the fuck out of me. And also, well, because also because it's from Camille's perspective, and she never knew them. But she was a fucking reporter, and she's telling this story. I don't really give a shit what Camille, the character, saw. I want the story. But she's a reporter on this murder. She's not going back to like think about her grand grandparents. But she wants to know about her father, and we never find out a goddamn thing about him. No, which was a big letdown. Which is an unexplored thread. I mean, un un. Was no, it? You're totally right. Wait, did we? No, it wasn't this book. No resolutions. That's that, not that was that different. was for that was the scary. Devil in White City. Yeah, months ago into the future. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, knew that one. Yeah, there were sort of a lot of unresolved little things. You find out who the murderer was. You find out some extra things too, but you don't find out who who Camille's father was. You don't find out what happened to the grandparents. You don't find out a lot of things. She there's no real closure. I mean, there's sort of his closure about Camille and her mental illness because she what she gets taken in by the the editor dude and her yeah. family at the end. But that was 
that was actually I thought pretty stupid. And that's only after she has, she has an episode where she tries to cut into the last spot she has. Yeah, she like smuggles a knife in her hoo ha out of the room and she carves until she's like bleeding dry, and they're like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> gotta take care of that shit." She wants to cover in the, carve into that one little spot she's got on her back. Which, by the way, I don't know if you've ever tried to carve a word into your body. I haven't, but I can't imagine it's easy to do backwards in a mirror. She had a lot of practice. Well, like she was like talking about, I would carve this word in between my toes. Maybe that she must tickle a lot. It probably doesn't tickle. Uh, I don't know. Toes are very ticklish. Like getting a paper cut between your toes. That must be abysmal. <laughs> that must be the worst. Because these are like small cuts. But they spell out words. Yeah, like so you get the impression that the body's like a, riddled in scars. So yeah. what, what I've read is that the people, for people who do cut, it's because the physical pain is easier to deal with than emotional pain. And so it's sort of like a distraction. That's the most and yeah. that's why. And though Camille in the book doesn't actually, I mean, you could say you could read that into what she's doing, but she doesn't come out and say it. You could definitely read that in, but that is the most emo shit I've ever heard in my life. Well, that's why they do it, though. I get it, but man. I mean, there has to be some significant mental illness like involved. It's not simply that everyone would feel that way, but for people who do, that's why they do it. Well, to cover your whole fucking body, in yeah, words, that is, and one of the words is oven. You must be in a strange state. There's a lot state. of weird words on there. Well, some, like, the word vanish kept popping up. The word vanish burns on my knee or whatever the fuck it was. It was neck. Yeah, vanish on my neck. And then, I, don't, I can't even remember the other one. It's like vanish uh, oven <laughs> was my favorite. Because like, why is that? That doesn't fit with the rest of the words. There were a whole bunch of them. It just felt weird. It was definitely weird. No, I'm not saying weird like I'm judging the woman who cut herself. Like, it just felt like this isn't really fully explored, is what I really mean to say. Yeah, It's not... Like, this is a cool idea. Now, should you be like a psychopath... Uh, a psychic... Excuse me. A psychic detective that could feel the word light up on her body? No, that'd be silly. But <laughs> the words light up, and you're like, why is that word lighting up? What does that mean? And then it means pretty much nothing. It wasn't resolved. It wasn't tied in to the ending. There was a, it's like a whole bunch of threads, and they don't go anywhere. I liked this book all the way through. I was like, this is actually fucking... Interesting. This is like an interesting character. Sure, it's a detective story. I see where it's going. I, I, I'm cool with that because it's what it is. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, this is stupid. Oh, it's over. Okay. That's how I felt. I was, the, the ending ruined the whole thing for me. I was okay with it. I mean, there's a lot of loose ends, but I mean, I was okay with the ending. The only end that gets tied up is who killed Marion and who killed those two girls. All the shit about who was her dad, why is she cut, um, what, what, uh, Fucking, uh, why is the, everyone in that town an awful harpy? All of those things just kind of like lay there. Another thing that bothered me. All right, was, so that's an agreement. I'm going to take that as, uh, on my side. <laughs> no, so I wouldn't, okay. I, the way I didn't like the very end, I didn't like that either. That's what I'm saying. But I liked everything until the very end. I thought, yeah, it was, and for me, that means it's still mostly fine. I don't know, maybe that's a little weird. But that, that the ending bothered me. The one other thing that bothered me, though, was just, the fact that the sort of this not the setting of the book exactly, but just the fact that everything in the book, all the girls, it was just they were just incredibly bitchy to each other, every single one, and they were just totally mean, totally awful, and that seemed to be the only thing in the entire town. It's like the only thing that seemed to happen in the entire town was thirteen year olds being bitchy and high school parties where girls got raped. Well, that also she goes she goes to, she goes to that town. adult party, and everyone treats each other like shit. Like all the all the middle aged women in town like totally are like to awful each to each other. So you know it's learned. It, it, it just feels like is that the only thing in life in this town? And of course, I mean, this is a book. It's trying to make. It's just trying to set what you know what's important for the story. But that's also the kind of thing that happens in other 
detective novels, like in The Snowman and other things. This sort of has that same feeling to it, where everyone is just a total, awful, terrible person the whole time. It's like, well, no, come on. That's not really what life is like for anyone's existence, hopefully. I, I agree 100%. It, it, it did seem one-dimensional. Like, everyone in the town was this, like, garbage hate, person. You know, it was like one, flat image. The, oh, that character's going to be a bitchy woman. Oh, it turns out she is. That character's going to be a dopey guy. Oh, it turns out he is. Nobody had any depth to them. Those were the two types of characters. There were women who were fucking evil to each other and men who were stupid. That's pretty much it. Or young girls who were evil to each other. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, it just seemed like, man. Simplistic. It, it really did feel like that, yeah. I don't know if that's... Uh, I've never been to Missouri. I don't know if that's, if that's what it's like there. I can't imagine it necessarily is, but that's what the impression you get from this book. is like, oh, you go down to yeah. the South. It makes a small town living and the South, small town in the South, sound so awful, so terrible. There and, are, I mean, you guys lived, grew up in Queens. I grew up in a small town. Now, it was in rural New England. Probably done in a small town. I'm sorry, that's uh, John Mellon County. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it was definitely a small town. Probably, we didn't have anything like an industrial hog farm to like, you know, keep employment up. I mean, it was... Everyone works at one place. It was in rural, rural New England and not in Missouri, but it wasn't anything like this. Anyway. Did you have uh, Jack and Diane living in your town? No, we did not. <laughs> They were living in the heartland. It's a good place to be. I, I, I can only imagine, because I, I grew up in Queens, where there's two and a half million people, and what feels like a small town in Queens is College Point, New York, where you're like, this is the end of the fucking world. There are no trains. There are no trains. <laughs> where the streets have no trains. I think there's a song, too. So, uh, it, I understand what you're saying. Like, I, I'm sure most small towns are actually pretty decent to each other, especially down here, where they're like Bible-thumping uber-Christians, if they're even remotely living up to what they're espousing. They should be kind to each other, right? Like, isn't that kind of what the, the whole goal of that thing is? Yeah, well, we, we won't go into whether people live up to what their religion tells them to do. Only God can judge you and us, the drunk guys. But they, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're fucking ruthless harpies to each other. They're really awful. Like, there's one scene where, um, fuck, what's her name? Camille. She goes, sees her friend from high school, the one who's like tanned out and hanging out, doing no work. Just taking like a fistful of pills. Oh, uh, well, that's a different thing when the woman makes her rubber feet. But she's oh, her yeah. friend, and the friend at the she's like, let me tell you some, let me tell you some, I'll tell you some shit about this guy, I'll tell you some about that people, and then at the end of the conversation, she's like, and you know, friend to friend, you stink. Well, she had just uh, go take a shower. She just banged she out that dude, out. and she washed herself then, in a gas station bathroom with an air freshener. I, I guess I just not had enough wild sex that I could, that I can imagine a person smelling so strongly that a person would say, not like, hey. You have a little bit of, you know, funk to you, but, like, no, you stink. Well, she got plastered and banged a child and didn't go to sleep. But, the, I mean, sure. That's what she, what she stunk, right? Because after, yeah, yeah. after banging the kid? But, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. It was, I mean, shit. I mean, I guess it's different for guys, because guys just like, smell all the time. Guys are like, hey, nice fart. <laughs> <laughs> good she good one. <laughs> like, no one's going to care. But, like, the women, they're like, hey, just so you know, your pussy smells. See you later. <laughs> like they're fucking mean to each other in this book. Yeah. Now, from everything I know that I've heard, you know, growing up from you know everyone from like my wife to my mother and every other woman I ever talked to, women are fucking mean to each other. They are. They're crazy. It's scary. Uh, so glad of having a girl daughter. Uh, <laughs> that they're fucking mean, and they're creatively mean. You know, like, and in this book too, yeah. they come up with like some wild. Like, oh yeah, that was that time that they made the girl put a fucking stick in her vagina in front of the boys, and they're like, oh my god. Like, Jesus Christ, that's awful. 
I watched. Uh, no one got in trouble. I watched a movie this weekend, and in in the end, you know, the two young males in it, they 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 get into a fight over a girl, of course, and then at the end, they're sitting sitting in cars next to each other, and they just smile at each other and flip each other off, and it's like, oh, they're friends again. And I was watching it with my girlfriend. She's like. What? He's like, no, that's 100% accurate. Yep, that's the 100%. That. Fuck you, bro. Like, you just like flip each other off and you're not. good? Like, yeah, no, that's, they're good now. They're best friends again. He's like, I don't get it. Like, oh, it makes sense to me. I must murder one of the family members. <laughs> I'm going to kill her whole family. Then we can be friends. Pull out her teeth. <laughs> make, a, make a little floor for me to dance on. But yeah, like, girls are fucking mean, man. Holy shit. Especially according to Jillian Flynn. I can only she imagine. She had some what bad shit happen to her. Yeah, she must have some. To she had a rough middle school. Dark life. Objects, what's the thing? Dark okay. places. Yeah, there's some dark places in her. So at the end of the day, would, should somebody read this book? Uh, I'm in between. I don't think you have to, but I think if you like this kind of story, then it's a, it's fine. It is very short. If you if you are into this genre, I think you would enjoy it. I think you would enjoy it, but if you're really into the genre, you'll recognize that this is not a great example of it. It's full of you know tropes, but it just ends. This feels like seventy five percent of a book. What if you? What if they just the read up until on. the last chapter and they didn't read that chapter? And then what happens next? And then they read Gone Girl. Then and it's wait, a completely it's different book. Unfortunately, I feel like it just. Well, she never goes back to Chicago. It just ends. That would be bad. <laughs> no, actually, I kind of think that would be a better ending. But is they just never get an answer? No, no they I never. Think, fa- I if, think if it just the answer was it was the mom. Yeah, if it just oh. ends after that. And sure, she's going to Chicago and doesn't, and it's not the little girl. I could see that, though I think that, I think what Jillian Flynn did, because, you know, you never want to make it that obvious, and it was kind of clear throughout most of the book, the mom is the, the real suspect we should be looking at, and then she's like, fuck, it is the mom. She must have felt compelled, but no, no, it's not the mom, it's uh, the sister. I also think that this, the tremendous odds of the, re- the one reporter going back to cover the story, it's like, oh, it just so happens to be her family. That's kind of... Silly, you know? Yeah, but that's but, kind uh, of how it, always how it is. That's true. That is. It's always someone related to some character. So, Jimmy, you're ultimately saying, sure, read it. Nate, you're saying... Sure, read maybe, it if this is your maybe. thing. If this is your thing. If not, then... I mean, if you're not into this genre, like, because this is a very specific thing, like this, uh, you know, not shitty detective stories, but, you know, thrillers and, ooh, what's going on? Like, if that's not your thing, then don't bother. I would say that there are multiple better detective thriller kind of stories out there, including Gone Girl, which is a much better book. Even though that has its own issues, which you've never actually done on the show, that has plenty of things that I think were stupid. But Anyway, and from what I've seen of the HBO series, it's definitely well done. I'm curious as to how they're going to, what they're going to do with the ending, but they're probably not going to change it. They'd have to change everything else, too, you know? Yeah. They, what they might change is actually putting some more clues to actually tip you off along the way. Flush it out a little more. Because when you get to the end of any one of these books, you look back and you're like looking for that sixth sense kind of thing. You're like, shit, he never actually talked to the women in the scenes. Oh, he was dead. So you get to the end of the book and you're like, fuck, did I miss something? And you realize, not really. There weren't a lot of clues there. So if they were going to turn this into a movie or a TV series, they'd probably exaggerate those clues or add more to make it. So when you get to the end, you'd be like, oh, fuck, it was there all along. That's how these things kind of work, you know? At least in my experience. Well, to watch the show. I'm sure it'll be fine. Was it, uh, was it Reese Witherspoon? Amy, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Is she, is she the Camille? Yeah. Anyone else? Uh, I have no idea. Uh, the detective is somebody he would recognize. I forget his name. Um, Bill Murray. Oh, you know, actually, the mother <laughs> it is not Bill Murray. <laughs> the mother's Bill Murray? The mother's Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> the mother is not Bill Murray, neither is the detective. Who, the woman who plays the mother is also someone you would recognize, and she is definitely very good. Phyllis Diller. It's not Phyllis Diller. 
Dillis Filler. Do you want me to look it up right now? <laughs> not even a little bit. I'm not going to watch it. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it, and I'll just... Oh, that, okay. <laughs> anyway. I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw her in that thing. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Yeah. All right, so we have a very split jury here. We have one person saying, read a it. One person jury. saying, like, a well-hung jury. <laughs> just kind of flaps it out there. One saying, read it. One saying, I don't know. I'm saying, don't read it. Is that fair? You're saying you kind of go yeah. either way? Mm-hmm. It was kind of meh. I thought, uh, yeah. Let us know what you thought. Send us an email at drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And if you've listened this far, please give us a rating on iTunes or whatever platform you happen to use. Five stars would be very appreciated. Don't cut yourself. Good point. One star for every beer we had. Eleven stars. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.